0: Doing my thing, Mm. just it's beautiful to watch, like a master in his element. Welcome back. Oh, what? Sorry, (laughs) good one. (laughs) Forge podcast, Ben and Neil. Here we are. This is part two. Again, again, because we just we just w- keep waffling on Aww. with no direction. Is it interesting? <laughs> like, is it interesting? <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. Maybe. But anyway, last time we were talking about the general process of coming to record of us. We covered booking, how we deal with that, and essentially a rough version of how your day of tracking goes and kind of what we do with that. If you've not listened to that, go back and listen. For e- Christ's sake. Yeah. Oh, come on, what are you doing? Uh, but we're going to sort of continue now with part two into what happens after you finish recording and you've left and we're, what do we do next? Yes. Stage one, have a day off from it, <laughs> from the song. Go, go home and have a beer. And
1: just, hey, you see, you love a beer after work. You love, you have a cheeky oh, yeah. beer, don't you? Oh if yeah, just. I, just uh, I don't. Got to take the edge off. But you, you' what's, what have you replaced alcohol
0: with? Vaping,
1: nicotine. Nicotine. I've just got to keep that
0: steady flow, <laughs> just to keep me. That's my one vice. That's my one thing. Recording
1: music all day, loud music generally, although I try and keep the levels down in it, it's, but it's hard. Uh, it just leaves you a little bit wired at the end of the day, doesn't it? The last thing you want to do is listen to music on the way home. Yep. Uh, I get, sometimes I get home and the wife's got Spotify playing in the kitchen. I'm like, get that off. <laughs> 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 Uh, and yeah, grab a beer and just decompress, f- reflect on the day's yeah.
0: events. And working with people is yeah. just, yeah. You're, you're spending a whole day, sometimes two, three, four days with a group of people. <clears throat> sometimes you know them, sometimes they're new. So you're not only recording, but you're having to build very quickly a good working relationship with multiple people whilst getting the job done and that is a part of the job I didn't really really, I didn't really consider it's
1: not it's not at university that wasn't one of the no because until
0: I worked here any recording I'd done at home was just myself or my own band who I was very good friends with so I had that ability to just go that was shit and they knew me so I could be very direct or just a lot more comfortable relationship with them and sometimes then you're in a you're spending a whole day with people you don't know and you've got to quickly figure out these personalities actually what you're quite often
1: dealing with is not struggling yourself to get on with people it's the every band has its own dynamic and sometimes within the band there's some tension they usually more often than not there just is yeah because it's mates who have been create you know creativity quite often comes with some tension and there's lots of things going on within the band and we're actually set back from that. Yeah. And so we almost have to be like diffusing (laughs) situations again. Okay. Well, so what they're saying is this and what you're saying is this. uh,
0: We're marriage counselors (laughs) (laughs) as well. And, and, and you've got to manage the time. You've got to get all of this done in whatever timeframe you've kind of got. And we do work quickly and we do work efficiently. So we will, but you're, yeah, you're time managing, you're people managing, you're keeping the band from, you know.
1: We have a lovely chill-out room. Yes, we do, Center, yeah. Which can be very useful for just, as if we need a moment to just sort out some technical stuff and we just need to get everyone out of the room, because so, they're chit-chatting on the sofa. We've
0: got a lovely room with some Netflix. I've called it The Den. The Den. And it is the old studio upstairs. Yes. And... We thought it would be a good idea to have the space rather than just in reception. Um, so we've got a sofa up there, TV with Netflix, there's an Xbox, there's a table, football table, there's a dartboard, but it's a nice nice little space you can go and uh, enjoy the time maybe when you're not involved in the session. Yeah.
1: Essentially, I guess we've got to the end of the day, haven't we? Yeah, and got we've, to the end of the day. We've dealt and... with all those dynamics. Yeah. Everyone's still friends. Yeah, and that's it. We were decompressing at home, thinking about the day that's happened, and, and actually starting to think, how do we move this project on now? Yeah, because that's the next very tricky part. Yeah, of the process.
0: And I'd say the next stage is editing. Yeah. So interesting. Yes, yeah.
1: actually. So to interrupt because when I first started, so so editing is crucial because you build up lots of different takes. You know, a singer, you're not going to get the best take from the singer in one take. You're going to get the best from eight different takes all compiled together. Nice. But when I first started, I was trying to do this in the session or with drums. I was trying to edit together the best take of the drums all, all right there. And sometimes you do have to do it within the session, but what I was finding is it takes ages... Yeah. And it just utterly kills the flow of the day, the enjoyment of the day. And it's like, oh, I've just spent six hours editing the drums. I've just killed the day. So what I, what I learned over time, and I think a lot of people do, is, oh, no, I'm not going to edit on the day. I'm just going to get these takes and put them in playlists. And then on another day, when the band aren't here, or maybe the band are here because they want to edit, can put stuff together with you, it's fine. But we're doing that with fresh ears. And today, tracking is just about being creative and having fun recording the song.
0: Yeah. And I think we know when when playback, you know, during the recording day is we know, yeah, that's not the best version of that's not. I know that chorus is a bit shonky, but when we've been racking up the takes, we know, know we've got it
1: got a spreadsheet in our mind it's all there ticking it's ticket phrase off. and yeah yeah it's, it's all, all there. there you've got it and sometimes go. we have to reassure the musician yeah. you got that bit on the first take yeah. when you weren't thinking about it
0: yeah now we're on take eight and, and that's yeah. maybe where a little comp comes in where you just be like, they're like oh i'm not sure about the drum And you go well look i've got it here and you just put it in and just they're like to, oh yeah oh yeah yeah or i can just bring that fill from there and, <laughs> and put it there oh yeah that sorts it cool so we know, you know, and that's with all the instruments. We know like, oh, this isn't the final version <laughs> at all. But to sort that out on the day, yeah, it's going to take too much time. They're not really going to understand why we're doing it. And it's going to kill the session. And we want to bang, bang, bang. Let's move on. Let's move on. Keep but it we fun. Know, keep it fresh. Keep it funky fun, fun fresh. Food. And we know we've got it in the bag. We will come back to it when we're fresh. With a, perspe- with fresh a perspective. With perspective. Yeah. And generally, there is that thing of
1: like, generally, someone's first take has a freshness to it because they're they're just playing the song. They're not thinking about it, but there's usually some little mistakes in it. So it's got a fresh, there's some good stuff there, but there are some mistakes in there because they've not warmed up or sometimes we just need to refine what they're playing. And then there's sort of an upwards takes two, three, four. Generally, it's getting better every time. But then it 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 peaks, doesn't it? Yeah. And around take five, take six, they start to overthink. You you make anyone do something over and over and over again. Eventually, they just don't know what they're doing. They go mental, yeah. and they're just like, so you can just keep doing take after take, but you you're just wasting time because it's not getting better. Yeah, and there is a peak when it, um,
0: and we're very good at judging that just for experience yeah. Yeah. of. And if we know there's one bit we're like that that bit they haven't got on every take, we'll punch in. So we're like we'll just run that little bit, you know, because if you do the whole song again, it's yes. just going to be a nightmare. Yeah. So we'll just we just need you to punch in that outro or that drum feel here, things like that. So editing, why do we edit? Yeah, essentially
1: to clean up things. So so it. Let's talk about drums could be, we're going to compile the best bit. So it's like the verse of take one was brilliant, but the but the chorus was rubbish. So I'm, so I'm going to use take two, and essentially we're, we're cutting those two takes together, make it work, and sorting out some timing issues if we need to. Sometimes we don't need to, sometimes we need to. So a lot of editing is timing issues, like, oh, the bass guitar was slightly out of sync with the kick drum in this bit, and this type of music it needs to be really tight with it, so we just we'll just get our scissors out uh, and chop it and just move it a bit
0: if we need to but it's basically we we're, we're all the takes we've done on that day recording we're just getting all the best ones and putting them in on top of the pile so when you hit play it's the best it's the best of version of everyone of everyone and the best version of the song.
1: And also, the fresh ears, it's figuring out the arrangement a bit more as well. So when you're recording it and you're in it and you're just being creative and you're just throwing ideas down, oh, we decided to put a harp on this bit. (laughs) And then you're like, the next day, you're either like, yeah, that was genius. Yeah, I'm definitely going to use that. Or quite often, oh, that was, I don't know what we were thinking at quarter past six on that day. Let's just literally mute the harp because that was a terrible idea. Um So that's part of editing, isn't it? Sort of editing down the arrangement to what, yeah, is, with, with fresh ears. That's the key thing, yeah, because there is a time. By the end of the day of recording a song, you're just not fresh to it. You don't know what's what's good and what's bad anymore. Yeah,
0: so that's a key. It's a really key part, and the song sonically still sound because 'cause there's been no mixing at all. This is purely just a yeah, know wh- why and... is that Well I think I th- I think there is a lot to be said for it for actually a good edit does just make it sound better. Even though I've not you've not done any mixing or anything like that. But I use it as an opportunity as well to just really get a good balance between so once I've edited the drums then I'll edit the bass and then I'll just get a nice and this is fresh, this is on headphones, it's not very loud I'll just sit that bass where where it just sounds better, and as I go through the edit, then I add all these these instruments and vocals in. You just because on the day it's like you might even have, for example, something I did recently. I've got you know one gu- a set of guitar channels with the mics and the DI, and it's like we're going to record. There is a bit of lead in verse two, and then there is a bit of lead in chorus two, but their volumes are so different. And actually, might even be a different tone, but I've just tracked them in the same thing. And then what I'll do in the edit is I'll I'll set up a duplicate set of guitar channels, and then I'll I'll give chorus two its own channel. And so then when within the edit, I can set those at just the rough yeah. level. So just when I hit play, it's not like oh well, either the guitar's really loud in verse two, and I yeah, can't hear. I can't it in chorus tell two. if that
1: guitar is good or bad. Because it's so loud yeah it's i
0: don't know so new, you can new. almost just refine the structure of your project as well and just in the heat of the moment you, you, you're duplicating channels and you're not renaming them at the time i try and do as much as i can but you don't want to yeah kill that flow kill.
1: and i think another sort of thing i was getting at is like wh- why 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 does it sound shit at the end of the day when we're using amazing microphones, amazing interface. is recorded in a great sounding room. And what we've learned over many, many, many years is that because there's a certain amount of mixing that has to go in to bring a drum kit to life, to bring a vocal to life. And in the old days, with mixing consoles and lots of hardware gear, you'd sort of try and do this as you go. It's a bit like what we were talking about with editing earlier. But if you try and mix as you go, you're going to kill the session, You're not going to be making the right decisions because you're trying to mix something that isn't finished yet and you don't know what the big picture is. Yeah. And a snare drum just needs a certain amount of processing, mixing done to it to make it feel alive, however however you might want that to be in the mix. And just sticking a microphone, a cracking, really expensive, amazing microphone on a snare drum It's not gonna, you're not gonna capture that uh, energy of what it sounds like in the room when you're there and it's super loud and pumping. And that's something that mixing is crucial for.
0: Yeah. I think, yeah, editing is just kind of comping, tidying up, making the song the best version of itself without considering any mixing. And I use it as an opportunity to just sort the project out. A, a, A little bit of admin. Track names, colour coding, grouping, separating, separating any things that would just be better off served on 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 a fresh set of channels, and then you've just got this lovely project that's just named right, looks good, it's manageable. You hit play, and the song just sound. That's the best version of the song at this current stage. So that's editing. How long do you think? an average edit takes, Neil.
1: (laughs) Well, I know. (laughs) Um, It's a good chunk of a day for a song with breaks in there. It it again depends on depends on how long the song is, how complicated the arrangement is, how many parts there are. So a little two minute punk song can be done in a few hours, actually. But a big prog metal orchestral arrangement, it, it could take two days to edit but it could be longer like if you just sheer amount of instruments to yeah. sift through and and you know name properly and but yeah it's possibly longer than you'd think
0: yes i think be. that's key yeah but so crucial like, very crucial very crucial very
1: tricky as well yeah because we're always serving the client so we're editing it to what they want and sometimes bands punky bands want it quite a bit sloppy. they want they want the timing not to be bang on. yeah and so we have to find what's rock, what's just wrong timing and what's wrong but in the right way. yeah, and that's that artistic and that takes a long time to learn, doesn't it yeah of of serving the client what's right. Because I've done it after, when I was younger. I've just made everything super clean and lovely in time and beautiful. But it wasn't right for what they wanted. Yeah. And uh, that's what makes editing so tricky.
0: Yeah. You, you've got to think about... You've always kind of got to look ahead to what you're going for as the, as the final thing. <clears throat> Which why? Reference tracks. Who do you want to sound like? Yeah. We want to sound like
1: The Offspring. Cool. Let's let's listen to some offspring and
0: see what they get doing. a sense yeah. of what You know, and going. loosely like the genre determines what you do. And I've yeah. I've sometimes explained it to clients, like just say I've got a big dial called the editing dial, and it goes from zero to ten. And some bands you turn it up to ten. And I'd say to that band, but your band, I'm only gonna turn it up to five. Mm. I'm gonna tidy things up. But I'm not going to kill the punk vibe because if I tighten it up too much, it's not going to sound right. And it's making those decisions like a kick and snare pattern. It's like, well, that kicks slightly off, but it's fine. Mm. Sounds good. That vocal is. But that kicks off, but it sounds wrong. Yeah. So I'm going to sort that one out. But I'm going to leave this in. It's what you know. And a song I've done recently ends with the band, doing like a three-three-two, like a bam, bam, bam. And if I put them on the grid, that on the grid, the drummer's not on the grid doing it, but if I put it on the grid, it, does, it just doesn't sound right. So for that, I'm just going to leave it where the drums were, and then I'm going to match everyone else to the drums. And you get it the same with triplets. A true triplet on a grid can sound wrong, whereas a human triplet, where it's slightly off, sounds right. And you just, just got to make those... Those that's that a vocal that breaks up
1: is subjective yeah because to to some people actually i love the way that that voice breaks up i like the way they're straining to hit that note it can be pleasing but it can also just be wrong yeah and there's a and and really it's the client it's it's sort of saying to the client do you you know and they'll be like, Oh no, no. Put a different take in of that. <laughs> and like, okay, yeah, not a problem. you can hear, you did it beautifully here. Or sometimes I'm like, No, I really like the way my voice breaks up. So it's 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 art, isn't it? It's an it's subjective. Yeah. There isn't a right or wrong, but there is.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so you're you're searching for Some things are binary and some things there's a a third option. Yeah. yeah. But that's the edit really. We um just get the song the best version of itself.
1: Then what do we do? Do we want to talk about mix prep? Have we covered that kind of?
0: Um no, I think I think we should briefly mention, so I'd say, our mixes are now done in three stages. That we label, we've sort of self-labeled, and we define, you know, where we can say, oh, it's in this stage. And it's mix prep, sonic mix, and automation. And I think what we've learned was that when when you come to mix a song, and a prime example as well would be like if you just start mixing from the raw and things are out of time and then you're editing whilst trying to mix it's it's just a nightmare. So breaking it up into these sort of fundamental stages means you're, your focus is on one thing and you're not worried about the other. So editing I'm not worried about the sound like the mixing The snare drum sounds dull. Yeah. I'm just worried about making this the best version of itself in its current sonic state. And we found that you know when you come to mix and you've got all these channels and all these instruments and everything i mean it's a it's a minefield like where do you start unmanageable what? yeah i've got so much stuff going on here and so splitting it up into these sections we found is has been really beneficial <clears throat> yeah and i think chris
1: lord algy was the one mix who brought in mix prep sort yeah. of enlightened us to the mix prep stage yeah which is the sort of bridge
0: between the edit and the mix. So it's kind of like you're starting to think about mix things, but you're also preparing it.
1: It's just it, a lot of it's admin.
0: Yeah, it's, it's admin, just... and it's very boring. Which is again why clients <laughs> we yeah. don't have clients in when we mix. Yeah. Um. So for example, with drums, with the. I won't go through everything, but like the microphones we use are the Slate virtual microphones. And so kick drum, we've got a kick mic in the drum and we've got a kick mic out. Now in the mix prep, we will choose which mic emulation we want to use and we will then have the two mics blend the the sound of those two microphones, bounce it down as one, channel so when we come to mix we haven't got two separate things to think about we've just got that's a kick drum and our goal in the mix prep is go here's the kick drum i want to make it sound a- better and we'll just do a few things maybe it's like a touch of eq a little bit of compression choosing which microphones we want to use blending the two mics together bounce it down so when we come to mix we've just got one lovely kick drum and we'll do that for other things for like the drums
1: backing vocals are quite a one where you might have recorded eight backing vocals doing a kind of choir, Freddie Mercury part. And when you come to mix that, essentially you've got eight things to mix together and it can be sort of make your mix kind of unmanageable. So what you do in the mix prep is you do a little submix of those eight backing vocals. You mix into one stereo file and call it choir and then when you have it in your mix you've just got one choir part to mix as opposed to eight eight different things yeah and so essentially it's just making it when you come to finally sit and do the mix it's a very fluid easy project it's a, it's well. a slim
0: down project yeah it's got everything you need and another one would be like you know double track sort of rhythm guitars you've got you know usually two mics on the cab and a and a DI times two so you might do a little bit of EQ notching on the guitar mics, balance the two microphones, pick which microphones you want to use, and then essentially just bounce, have them panned either side and bounce them down. So I've just got one channel called Rhythm Guitars and that's got both of them in and then that, that's, that's my Rhythm Guitars in the mix. I haven't got six. I'm taking six channels down to one and it's just a lot easier to manage. Um, yeah, so that's kind of, you know, drum triggering as well. I tend to do a mix prep. Yeah, don't have to, but I tend to do it. So that's yeah. where you're fresh and you're like, okay, any drum triggering, what, what do I want to trigger? Some bands it will just be the kick. Some bands it's kick and snare. Some bands it's kick, snare and toms and crash samples. And you can make all these and choose what samples you want and then you can bounce them down. So in your mix, you've got snare top, snare bottom, snare trigger, snare ambient. And you've just got this you're just refining and compressing it all down into a number of channels and just it's just like a minor improvement isn't it yeah.
1: the whole the whole process is you're just gradually pushing your you're moving the ball you're moving the ball up this hill this heavy ball this fuck this, off hill <laughs> this steep hill <laughs> and you're just slowly i think i think again it's this misconception isn't it which we've had when we were younger and you just have this idea that it's just a guy who sits at a mixing console and moves some faders and presses a few buttons, and then suddenly the track sounds amazing. Yeah. And the truth is,
0: it's a lot of admin. There aren't any real faders involved. <laughs> and You're <coughs> just making thousands of small adjustments yes. that cumulatively add up to something sounding good. And breaking it up into these stages of edit, mix prep, sonic, and automation, you're Essentially, you, kind of have the, you have this more like fail-safe way of operating where you know what little bits you'll make, those little advances you're making, you're able to kind of group them, and so you don't have 3,000 to think of, you've just got 500 to think of, because you know you're going to make all the other ones at a later yeah. date, and it just makes it a heck of a lot easier to manage, not just physically in the project, but mentally, as well, because in mix prep, these are the things I'm doing, and it's all reactive to what you've got recorded. But you're not having to think about snare reverb. You're just I'm just making the snare sound as good as it can with what I've got, with the microphone emulation and maybe a little bit of pre treatment, a bit of mic yeah selection, like duplicating with these slate mics, and picking what sort of trigger I want. And doing that and cause trigger is great. We use the slate trigger, it's great, but sometimes you need to do a bit of manual admin to make it work on ghost notes or not on ghost notes. And so you can do that without worrying about loads of other stuff that you know you're gonna get to later. Yeah. So that's kind of mixed prep. And we just sort of bounce out it's also a really good opportunity to then, you know, I've I'm all for big I'm I'm big on file naming, Neil mm. and organization. So when I bounce out these You know, mix prep drum stems, D, space, kick, D, space, kick, trick, D, space. Now, this stuff's
1: interesting to me because do you use capital letters, Ben? No. No. And that's something I passed on to you. Yeah. And it's something. So quite often we receive stems from people to mix that they've recorded at home. And the naming is just so long winded. Yeah. And it's capital letters. Don't bother with capitals because it takes time. It doesn't, it doesn't, the capital
0: letters don't help me organise the project at all. And little... Capital letters with song names, project names. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But stems, channel names, but you know, naming your channels, yeah. and and... So for
1: me, like to name a snare drum, someone might name it capital S-N-A-R-E space T-O-P space. And it just goes on forever. And when you're trying to do that, for me, it's just S-N-R, snare. And it's yeah. just quick, bang, bam, bam,
0: bam, bam. For me, yeah, D space, SNR, then SNR bot, kick trig, amb, T one, floor, so FLR. My
1: my recommend, you know, my advice to to people who are recording at home and sending us stems, just yeah, really, just just keep that naming yeah. system. Have a naming system, yeah, because the amount of times I've loaded up a
0: stem that is called something and that that. That it's is. not a guitar. No. That is a synth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and we get to that point because the edit phase gives us that opportunity to organize our channel names and organize our channels. And the reason I do like D space kick, D space snare, and then B space bass, G space GTR, G space lead, G space lead two, V for vocals. You can see what I'm doing here. Hmm. K for keys. S for strings or synths is that when I've got all these lovely mix prep stems and then they're going to go into my mix project, when I import them and they go in the clip list in Pro Tools, all the drums are grouped together, all the guitars are grouped together and it's a fail-safe that stops me missing something something. because I've had before, we can't hear the tambourine in in the last chorus and I'm thinking, are you deaf? (laughs) Fine, I'll turn it up. Oh, I never... I edited it. Never quite made it, it into It didn't the mix. make it into the mix. <laughs> I'll just pop that in. Oh, pop yeah. that back in and go, oh, I've boosted the volume now. <laughs> there you go. Oh, yeah, sounds great. Cheers. <laughs> and I just... know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> so then you've got these lovely, uh well-named, succinct, clear, you've got less stems than you had because you've you've condensed BVs into one, guitars into one, like we mentioned. And that's the mix prep. And for me, that's the point. If I was then sending to someone else to mix, that's what I'd send them. Mm. Whether it's you or it's going somewhere else, that's what I'd send. So the other engineer, the mix engineer, gets these stems. They're very clearly labelled. They drag them in. They hit play. It all sounds good. Uh, Barring levels. And again, it's just moving that ball a little bit more. I've just made each thing sound a little bit better. And I've also completed another round of admin. (laughs) The next step, Mixing. Sonic mix. The Sonic mix, which is the, sonic bit, mix. the,
1: the, the bit that everyone imagines is, yeah. is the magic. This is the fun one. Do. Everybody wants this to do this. This is the fun one. And it's very hard. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's a lifetime of learning and failing and learning again. But essentially, it's where you make everything sound nice, yeah. good work together. It's a mix, you're mixing. First time you're really trying to think about how you're making this thing all work together. Yeah. You've now got sonically. Yes. Yeah. You've you've got the big picture now. So we're not you know what you should if you know if you you should know what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. And you should never feel overwhelmed in a mix. And if you are feeling overwhelmed it's because you're edit or your mix prep or your tracking has fallen down. And
0: I like to think when I go from, you know, edit to mix prep to sonic mix to automation, what's also I think key to think about is going, I've done this and it's taken me a good while to do it. Maybe I've spent far, you know, this young pine track. I think I'm nearly finished. and I think in total it's going to be about four, four and a half hours to edit. And it's going to be another good two to three hours, maybe four to mix prep. But what's also key is going, yes, I've done the edit and I've done the mix prep, but I'm comfortable with the fact that I've maybe only done it 95%. Like it's okay to go back.
1: Fluid. You can be fluid between.
0: The edit I've done, I've done most of the legwork, but I might still need to tweak something. When you've got
1: the bigger picture of the mix. mix and you'd be like, oh, that bit, which I thought
0: was fine, is not fine. So yeah. i just i just edit that bit yeah and so the sonic, i mean you this is where you're really thinking about uh eq's a big eq one. compression uh, compression reverbs spatial stuff yeah panning all that sort of thing um there's real sort of key elements like yeah where your where your low end is sitting between the kick and the bass um Vocals, I think,
1: I kind of—it's a lot more complicated. This, but but in very simple terms, I find bands and singers there's two ways they want their vocals to go. There's either they want the vocal sound to be quite affected, so quite reverberant and distorted, and with a lot of processed character. Um, Think the Killers' vocal sound—that's a very distorted. Slapback back delay. Hell
0: is for Heroes. I'm listening to them. I haven't listened for ages. Right. Every song, he's got essentially what you'd call the telephone right, yeah, effect on. Yeah. Just pretty much every song. I was like, oh, wow, wow. yeah. Just, I didn't know just, it at the really time. Works.
1: Yeah. And then, in the other camp, you have the type of...
0: Don't do anything to my vocals. Yeah, call. they,
1: they <laughs> just want it to sound natural and generally dry. And they don't want it to sound like you've processed it now we will have because to, to get that that sound you actually you have to, you have do, to things, do stuff yeah but it's not using it's using reverb in a very subtle way to make it sound natural yeah. because what is sh- it is that is
0: that like they don't want it to sound fake yeah like, what's I'll, the <clears> throat> I throat> understand throat> it I get it and it's yeah. great and it works you know either way depending on the song yeah but there's almost it's almost i think some vocalists just put loads of shit on it to cover up because i'm not confident that it's a low self esteem about yeah. their voice but but i think it's more where your influence is coming from so yeah.
1: if you are want to sound like the killers you're going you're more likely to go for you want that processed sound because that's what you're going for whereas if you want to sound like rage against the machine you're going to want the dry, in-your-face, raw vocal because
0: that's what you're going for. I guess, like, the key thing is, is it's the misconception that to make it sound that raw, dry thing is that you don't do anything. Yes. And actually, a vocal, like me and
1: Ben talking right now, a vocal with no reverb on it in a very dry room actually sounds unnatural. Yeah. Because that's that's not what... Vocals sound like in real life.
0: I mean, I process the vocals for this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, it just has to be done to make it to make it palatable for the listener. A lot.
1: Basically, it's compression to level out a very dynamic vocal, so you can actually hear all the words that being said. And vocals, singing vocals, can range from very quiet to very loud when within the space of a second. There's EQ to clear up the sound, again, make it sound clear, hide any nasty frequencies. And then there's spatial things, like re- even a reverb that you can't really hear, yeah. but it's just a very short, subtle reverb that just stops the vocal sounding separate from the song yeah. and just mixes Bit it, of
0: glue. glues
1: it into the song. Yeah, But it's all, it's subtle and it's short. Reverbs, yeah. as opposed to the big reverbs that some artists and genres require.
0: Yeah. So you're kind of, you're building up now the yeah, the sonic picture of, of what this song's going to sound like. But I think a key thing is is that we're saving for the next phase. It's, and this is what really bugged me when I was younger, getting into it, was I hated automation. Yes. I was like, you know, you get the lines in and you, you have to sort of draw, drag them down. So, so
1: automation is, let's just say in one part of the song you want this lead guitar to be a certain volume but then in the next part it's just way too in the it's just way too quiet and so when you're mixing you keep changing the level of it you keep yeah. going up you keep moving the fader and so what automation does is it's you 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 automatically move the fader so yeah. one section it's one volume you
0: sort it. of draw in program in a line and so the fader will follow that line so you can reduce it at points you can bring it up at points and you can do loads of other stuff of automation with yeah. panning and, and effect yeah you, you can, can do, make you anything can automate change all these yeah. different things in volumes and and uh, all the effects and everything like that and the key thing is is like if you're when you're doing the sonic mix and you know that guitar bit you want to bring that lead line out but then drop it when the vocals come back in if you're constantly like oh it's too loud there it's too loud there in the sonic mix you're not worried about that you're just going i'm making this style sound good and fit the song i'm going to deal with that automation thing later in the automation phase and again each, each between all these phases we are having a break We're coming back the next day. We're not doing it all in one go because we want to come back to the next phase fresh and you can then instantly go, oh, that sounds shit. I I need to go back because I was in hour four. That's too loud. Yeah. You can can make adjustments, but you're coming back fresh with a fresh perspective. You're not dead. Your ears aren't dead. You're not dead to the song because by this point you've heard it a lot. You've listened to that song a good amount of times. And so the automation is then you're going well. I've got I've made the song sound good. Now I'm just going to sort out all these things like all these all these little level adjustments. But I think why why it became its
1: for me because it never used to be its own part yeah. of the process. It used to be mixed in with the sonic mix. Yeah. And again, and the reason I had to analyze, I was like, why do I hate this? And it's because as soon as you start automating it stuff it locks you in mm. the fader now is being told what to do yeah you're not in control of the fader so it's harder to make changes yeah so but why you want to do it is cuz you tr- you want if you're trying to oh that guitar's just annoyingly quiet there mm. and you want to fix that but if you can just let go of that and just go i know that guitar's quiet there and later on in the process once i've got my sonic mix where i want it to be have this lovely automation phase. Where I'm going to sort that out. Yeah,
0: but again, before... where I'm now not worried about the sound. I'm now just worried about these nuanced yeah. balances and, and it blends. very much is the very final yeah. detail, isn't it? Yeah. And some automations are nice and simple. Mm. They're just, oh yeah, just do a few things. And as we know, some songs, you, you it would blow your mind the <laughs> things we have to do yeah. to make.
1: Something sound. and especially with
0: those songs where the instrumentation within the song changes a lot, you have the, the, there's a big disparity between the sound of different sections or the volume of different sections. You know, you're going through like a lead vocal line, and yes, you've got compression and things like that, but still, it's like this word jumps out. So I'm just going to draw in on this particular word. I'm going to draw it in and bring that
1: down another bring it back to earlier on possibly on a previous episode you mentioned the young pine song that you're currently working on and you said it's sort of a indie song that goes heavy at the end yeah and that's a classic one that it's a nightmare with automation because for something to go quite often what happens you get your sonic mix done and you just listen through and it goes and then when it goes heavy doesn't actually get louder yeah feel like it gets heavy and it's because your levels you need to automate things essentially turn a lot down before it goes heavy so that when it kicks in it kicks in and getting something to kick in is really difficult yeah. and
0: requires a lot of
1: automation Yeah, figuring out well why is it not kicking in
0: and the drums are played in a very different way in the outro to the verse the verse so, is closed high hat yeah. hit snares hit lightly and then the end it's a big rock beat on the crash with drum fills and things like that. So there's a lot to consider, but breaking it up into these stages is I know when to deal with that and when not to deal with things like that. So, yeah, we spend a good few hours. And this as well, like, yeah, we've all the the breaks sort of in between to keep ourselves fresh. I mean, you're looking at, like, it's, it's that mix from edit to having something that sounds okay <laughs> is sometimes it's a week mm. it's a week and we're obviously doing other things in between and tracking and other life stuff and other work stuff but that's why you don't get your mix the next day because this just takes time and what we found is every time we've sort of made improvements to our mixing ability and found new things and tried them out it made the process longer yeah even Actually, though we're like, better yeah and you it's that realization like oh god there's you have to do so much to make something sound good there's so much to consider and do that and then you you do get quicker with other things because you become more efficient but yeah to make something sound good takes time and skill so that's why we when we finish recording that's why when you ask when will we get our mix we say we'd like to have it to you within two weeks yeah that's why because it takes time
1: we've lived and breathed it for a week or so after and we've got it to the point where we're like it's now time it's now ready for you to listen to with your fresh ears and you're hearing something that's been pushed up that hill to where we believe you want it to be and then you get to hear it with fresh ears and then your feedback is
0: great. Well, I'd say before that, actually, it goes for a... The jerk. It goes to the jerk, what we call the circle jerk, where you get to that point where you've edited Mixed Prep Sonic, automated over that sort of week, week and a half. You've got to a point where essentially like you're, you're spent I've given everything I've got to this song, and there's obviously elements that it's not going to be perfect. But it's like this is just the best I can do, the best version of it. And we just before we send it to the client, because the worry is is that you've just made a bit of an obvious error because you're so deep into the. An
1: obvious thing is something's way too loud. Something's too loud or, or too, way quiet. too quiet. Yeah,
0: because you just
1: lose the perspective. Yeah, that instant. You're so used to the sounds you've lost that instant reaction to the song, which is actually what
0: is crucial. And so what will happen is is I will get to that point and I'll send it I'll I'll then leave it for a day. I'll come back and just see if there's anything instantly I can pick up on. Make a final set of tweaks. Usually then it's M one point one or one point two. And then I'll send it to Neil. And we call it the jerk. Can you jerk this for me, please, mate? Yeah. And vice versa. Neil sends me stuff, and it's, it's not really, it's it's a spell check. Yeah. It's just. Uh, is there any anything just fundamentally wrong with this that the client would obviously go? <clears throat> that would ruin that first impression. Yeah,
1: because that first
0: impression to the client
1: is so important. Yeah. We want we want you to be like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah.
0: That's what, and that's that helps yeah to make sure and it can just be like you know sounds great kick drum the kick drum's just too loud and you go okay and you come back to it and you make the adjustments or just little minor things or you know um just a, a another level of um quality assurance yeah so then we make any changes based on each other's impression of it and then it goes to the client so usually the client's getting like i mean it's had a whole week's work going through all these processes it's been then essentially spell checked by the other engineer and then you're getting you know a version of that should be <laughs> pretty good Um, and we send it to you by email I send you an mp3 and that's the version you'll hear it's been through heck of a lot we've pushed that ball up a very big hill and then we want your feedback in a nice shit sandwich Ooh, a lovely lovely shit we've sandwich we've got to have the bread in a shit sandwich yeah. <laughs> this is I don't know if it's just us but this is an emotional like this I is I think
1: very, every, we're all humans every, yeah and, and we have varying sizes of egos but you know we do have little egos that that just need a little bit of love yeah. to to make sure <laughs> that really it's that we've put our, we've li- lived and breathed this and we've put everything into it and we care, we really care about it.
0: And it's almost as well, it's the, we've put, you know, my, my 10, 11 years experience has got me to this point. So this should be good. And, and I, you know, this should be the best thing I've done. And if we just get back a, Yes, it's a mixed tweak or maybe something subjective, but there's nothing positive said at all. Not even just thank you for sending this through. Yeah. Sometimes we just don't hear from you. And it can be a bit like, oh, okay. But I had once and it was just like, I had to read between the lines and go, well, the fact they've not said anything else means they like everything else. But the email didn't even have a hello. And it was just like, that's too loud. Like one particular instrument, that's too loud. Can you turn it down? I'm like, oh, that's all I've got back for my weeks. My heart and soul. My heart and soul and all my creative, you know, all these things. And you're like, yeah, of course. Um, so, we like uh sounds great. Is it possible to tweak the following things? But overall, we love it. And we'll go, yeah, Wait. the nicer you are to us, the nicer we'll be to you. <laughs> Um, and but usually it's just a few revisions, really, on and some subjective and things. The better we get, it's yeah, it's generally you know it's subjective like, things like they imagine the BVs would be louder. I like that, and them. I love
1: that. I love it when I get they're like yeah, because it's like cool. We right? like
0: specificity as well. Yeah.
1: Specificity,
0: specificity, specificity, yeah. and then we just we do some mixed revisions, and then everyone's happy and then it goes to mastering. We master it. Done. And we send you a wav. That's mastering. Mastering. Mm. So Should this we, is a final. Yeah. Yeah. It's right. maybe just a brief thing. A brief thing, can, you know, go into I think a, this yeah. is a kind of okay simile. So I think it's like polishing a boot. So you've designed the boot. You've found the materials. You've cut the materials out. You've crafted the boot. You've chosen what colour it should be, what size the sole is, all that thing. What the sole's made of, what colour laces, how big are the laces, all that. And you make the boot and it looks great. But it ain't shining. But it ain't shiny. (laughs) So the master is, we'll just polish the boot. So it's a final, you know, if it's multiple songs, it's making sure the songs are the same volume, putting them in the right order making sure the start and the ends of the song are good and that they flow into each other right. It's a polish of general processing on the, the, the wav of the track. So a bit of EQ, a bit of compression. Yeah, just a final glisten. We'll do a detailed mastering in what my sort of chain is and what I do. And then the other one is that what everyone wants, it's louder. <laughs> it just gets it louder. Yeah, it's that final polish. Then we send you a lovely MP3 and WAV and our credits <laughs> because it's nice to get credited for our work. Um, Yeah, that's kind of it, really. Yeah. And um, we'll definitely do, you know, there's still so much in there. Yeah. What we've talked about to unpack on specific things. Um, but I guess, yeah, I just wanted to this kind of be a bit of a peek behind the curtain into... If you've even recorded here before a little bit of a peek into yeah maybe what happens when you're not here in the studio but also maybe if you're thinking of recording here um a little bit of an insight into that process but of course i will be happy to talk it through with anyone by email phone or in person if you so wish old blacksmiths.com studio at for emails follow us on social media anything else to add neil
1: Thank you for a lovely, lovely chat,
0: Ben. We've had a lovely afternoon. It's been another two-parter. Yeah. But we will be back next time with who knows what. We'll figure it out. Oh, definitely.